Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murin, and I'm the host of the podcast, and this is going to be a pretty special episode. I've had this fighter at the top of my list to get on the show practically since episode one. He's 7-0 as a professional mixed martial artist, and he's ranked first among active Ohio pro lightweight and welterweight fighters. This man is genuinely one of the most talented fighters out of Ohio. And after his huge win at LFA 160, I knew that the time was now to bring Josiah Muscle Hamster Harrell on the show. Thanks for joining me, Josiah, and welcome to Forged in Ohio. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah, I mean, it's an honor for you to uh, join me here on the show. Usually when I have a first-time guest on the podcast, I ask about the fighter's upbringing and story, but we got to talk about this LFA 160 win over Mike Roberts first and that viral moment where you took Roberts through the cage door. Something like that hasn't really happened on that big of a stage in MMA, at least. What was going through your mind in that moment? Honestly, it's very hard to get your mind out of the fight zone and my fight zone is kind of clear blanks going with the flow, making sure that I can, I can make my reads and, and do what I need to do to make sure I'm safe and, and uh, I can get out there and do what I need to do. But I would say I was, I, it, nothing, it didn't hit me. Like we went through the cage and honestly I, I couldn't even feel the cage. So it kind of just felt like we went, like we were just continuing to drive through and we just happened to end up on the steps and thank God they did have those, uh, that extra panel, but, it didn't hit me until I step out and the ref turns around and goes, we're going viral. By the way, that was my favorite ref. But like the moment the moment that happened, I was like, oh, shit, we did just go through the cage. So the, the ref kind of brought me back in from that fight zone. And then once it did, I was like, oh, OK, well, here we go. I just was hoping that the fight was going to continue to go on. And um, I didn't think too much of it. Yeah, so I was even going to ask you about that, too. Was there that oh, wow moment that, hey, I just did that. I actually pushed that man through the cage on a takedown attempt. Yeah, the um, like me going through it, I, I, I have too much of an ego. And at the same time, people call me humble. But um, I didn't care too much about me going through the cage. I was more worried about, one, my, my opponent being hurt and not being able to continue. Two, some rules... Uh, I didn't know if, like, if you brought someone out of the cage, if you won automatically. And and three, I was like, I was just making sure, like, we can. Biggest thing is, I just wanted to make sure we could continue the fight because I was enjoying myself. Yeah, for sure. And you're competing at LFA, LFA 160, so a big stage there as well. What was your reaction when you saw how viral the moment had gotten on social media and really just in the MMA space as a whole? For a long time now, even even when I was a child, I knew that. I would have a lot of attention, a lot of fame. I almost pretty much just assumed that I was always going to be a professional athlete, whether it was football, whether it was wrestling with the like Olympic level, or now with professional fighting. I always had a a feeling in my stomach that I was going to be a professional athlete and have a lot of fans and and be famous. So I I don't mind. I don't really. It doesn't bother me too much. It, it's not where I want to be. It's it's not the end of me, and it's not the beginning of me either. It's just a part of my story, and I'm happy to finally start getting what I've worked for for so long. 
Right, and maybe it hasn't come to fruition yet, or maybe it has, but I feel like a moment like that can be life-changing for a fighter who's on the brink of potentially signing with a big promotion like you are. In terms of that and the recognition, has that done anything for you and your career in the few weeks since the win? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been recognized out and about, and obviously my management company is doing a great job on their end, and, and we're chatting with uh, a lot of people, but we have our hopes up, and we know where we want to be. And we know we're ready, so we're just putting everything in line. And we know that the UFC knows about us. They know that we want to be in there. And um, I'm not too sure about the the Bellators and the ones um, because I don't really talk to them. They talk through my management company. My management company talks to them. So I don't know how they are, but I do know that we have goals and I have uh, aspirations. And I want to be not only a good fighter, but I want to test myself. So. That's where we're going, and it'll be soon. I'm excited. They're excited. It's a, it's a great time to, to follow my story. Yeah, it absolutely is. I was going to talk to you a little bit later on about that, but since you bring it up, for you and your career, is it like UFC or nothing, or would you potentially be open to signing with another promotion? I'm not too picky. I've never have been, but good thing my, my management company is. It, it's honestly up to them. If, if they are going here and saying this is where – we feel like you would do the best or if they feel like Bellator and I think they're mixing with uh, PFL is, is a good jump and that's good for, for money. Like I, I never cared too much about money. I'm more about like testing myself and wanting to know what, what my limit is. So that's where I'm at. And right now the UFC is the limit when it comes to the best fighters in the world. Um, who knows in a couple years, Bellator and PFL may mix up or we even got one coming up. So, I'm I'm very flexible. I never had too much opinion when it comes to a lot of things, and realistically, it's just whatever fate will allow. I'm I'm ready to not only prove to myself, but just see what I got. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people in the Ohio MMA space that are aware of you and your story and really your resume so far know that you have what it takes to compete at a high level in one of those promotions, if not the UFC, like you said, kind of the pinnacle of mixed martial arts competition. With your LFA fight in general, I know heading into it, you were 6-0 and with a 100% finish rate. As the fight at LFA 160 went longer, did the idea of getting a finish and keeping that streak alive creep into your mind at all? The first round, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm just a little paranoid. I always try to feel and make sure that there's nothing too tricky going on. And I guess I'm more prepared for a fight than I am a three-round fight. But I feel like I need to, I needed to pick up the pace a little bit. And me and my coach watched the fight um, actually yesterday. So we watched and interviewed and or reviewed and went over all my mistakes and things we need to work on. And it's still a bucket list. It's insane how many mistakes you can make and still look decent in my eyes um some people say it was a great performance some people say uh i need to work on some stuff and and i'm 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 on that end towards the end of the fight i was a little worried but it's still a thing that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna force a finish it was more like i was more excited about him still being there because at that time people were tired and and they're breaking compared to him he was he was there the whole time and i'm like I was just, you can kind of see as the fight went on, I'm starting to pick up the pace and I get a little bit more excited, a little bit more excited, a little bit more excited. We go through the fence and in my head, I'm like, oh, we got like three minutes, four minutes uh, left. So I'm just, I'm like, okay, let's, let's see how willing he is to push himself. Let's see how many mistakes I can make him have at this time. It's like, I, I really, towards the second and the third round, I really didn't get hit much. I really didn't 
take much damage. First round was kind of close, is what people say. But you go back and look at all the uh, leg kicks I checked, and and I don't know if you want to call those significant or. And then if you could compare the significant strikes, so I don't really think the first round was even close as well. He had some some good moments, but I think maybe two or three clean shots. Besides leg kicks, he had maybe four good leg kicks in, but still. Uh, yes, to answer your question, towards the end of the fight, I was like, did I not push it enough? I was on the end of that and being excited because he was still there. So it was it was a little weird um, feeling that I had, but it, it was um, nothing that we couldn't take care of. Right, and since the fight is so fresh on your mind, how would you grade or rate your performance at LFA 160? If it was the moment in time and, and going there and wanted to show off just more abilities that I had and let people know that um, just I'm dangerous everywhere, I would say probably like a B minus. And if it's performance overall, like where I think I should be, I'd probably say like a C. The reason why I say B minus is uh, there was a lot of traditionally bad things that I did that I just got used to doing overall. And now... I'm not saying that they're bad because I make them work, but there's still things I need to solve, figure out. There's openings that I created and didn't take advantage of. There's moments in the fight where I should have had more hand control. Uh, there's moments in the fight where instead of keeping it up and, and finishing, uh, I go back and I just play it safe kind of and go back to wrestling and, and just do what I need to do. And uh, there's times in fights where you can't play it safe. So I, I grade myself harshly, but there's footwork mistakes. There's, Defense mistakes, there's a lot of mistakes offensively. I could have put more combos together. I could have um, not been hit as much. So it's there's just things that we got to work on, which is good, and, and we are working on them, getting back into the lab. It's, it's, it's nice to not think I'm perfect, but I, I don't by any means, and, and maybe I am too hard on myself, but this is uh, something where it's better to be safe than sorry. So I would say about a B minus, and we have tons of shit we got to work on. Yeah, I think those grades are pretty telling and something that came up too on your social media when I was looking at it and in some of your other interviews of yours that I watched was your desire to get better. When you look at your game, how much further can you take it and continue to develop? Um, one thing I do hate about society is the the fact that there is a future that you're supposed to have or a limit that you have or this is as far as we can go. One thing I want to do is is make sure that the only cap that you have is, is the limit you place on yourself. So I don't think that there is a limit, and I'm excited to see what I turn into. I just, I'm going to go as far as, as God's willing, fate's willing, the world's willing. I'm, I'm going as far as possible. And is that the beauty of mixed martial arts too, that you can be really good but continue to learn something new every day and progress in all aspects of your game? There's a beauty to it. There's a mundane feeling because a lot of it's not learning new stuff or learning a lot of it's learning new stuff about the stuff that you've done for so long like oh this is how i hit this and then you hit it twenty thousand, ten thousand times and you're like i can't believe i've never seen this and then you, you go back same move maybe it's a jab and you're going okay this is how i did this and then you hit it ten thousand twenty thousand times and you're like i can't believe i missed this so it's, it's not as in like learning new moves it's about doing the same move so many times that you go huh and it becomes almost like not calling yourself an idiot, but like, I can't believe I missed that. And it's been so long for this. So it's like sharpening and, and, and strengthening all your tools to the point to where maybe it's not perfect for somebody else, but it perfectly su suits you. 
So just getting to a point to where we're, we're fine-tuning and making the weapons we do have and the abilities and, and everything that complements my style, my body, everything towards fighting, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, we're finding new ways to use those into our game. And that's, that's the exciting thing. So I won't say it's new as in we don't know what's going on. I would say it's old stuff and we just happen to figure out new ways to apply it to the games that we're, or to the things that we're already doing. With this, this LFA card, there were a ton of fighters on the card representing Ohio. What did it mean to you to not only fight for LFA for the first time, but on an LFA card full of Ohio's best prospects? Not to sound shitty, but I think very highly of myself. And LFA's, that was one of my favorite thing, like favorite places to fight. Very enjoyable. They had everything together, very organized. Mark was fantastic. I did get yelled at for trying to say thank you to my fans and family for coming out. So that was kind of shitty. But other than that, I mean, it was a, it was a great card. Uh, I enjoyed my friends being on there. A lot of those Ohio guys I know so well. So I think, like, being there with them was more like a family reunion compared to, like, feeling special. So I won't say anything felt special. Um, being on a higher-end promotion, I won't say that felt special. I, I would say that it I, – I know – I'm headed towards bigger places. I would just say it was a, is a not a rest stop, but a, a place that I needed to go to make sure that I was still doing all of my duties, as in training, uh, making sure I was prepared, being uh, be able to handle the pressure. So it was, it was a nice little pressure gauge to see how it felt, and honestly, it just felt normal for me. It felt soothing. It felt like a sparring match. So um, I, I'm forever grateful, but I, I don't think too highly of uh, the situation on myself. Yeah, I love the confidence, and I loved watching that. Really, just Ohio wave take over LFA 160. Once again, this is Josiah Muscle Hamster Harrell with us on Forge in Ohio. By the way, I have to ask, and I know you likely get asked this a lot, but how did you get the nickname Muscle Hamster? Uh, it was a <laughs> – so, I don't know. A lot, um, a lot of people know Doug Martin, but he used to – I don't know if he still does, but he's an older football player. He used to play football. And he was a running back, huge legs, kind of my body shape. And one of my uh, coaches, Coach Wallen, one of my football coaches at Licking Heights, said, uh, I think he just called me. I don't, know, I don't know if he was making fun of me. I don't know how it was happening. Me and Coach Wallen didn't have, like, the best relationship. So it was like we just did what we could and we, we played. But uh, I don't know if he was making fun of me or not. So I, I took it and we rolled with it through sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, and that was kind of just like my gamer tag for a long time. It was just the muscle hamster. And then eventually um, moving, I think it was a third or fourth uh, Amy fight. I was like, you know what? I want to make this my, my nickname. And a lot of it was to be a joke just because, I, like I said, I don't think too highly of myself. And maybe that's like a, a bad thing. Maybe I need to go see a therapist. But it's, it started off as a joke, like a lot of things I do. And it just happened to stick. And, and it's going to become something good yeah and i love this brand that you have created with muscle hamster as your nickname were you a running back back in the day like doug martin or, or did you play a different position yep we played uh running back i played uh fullback i played i think i played everything on defense they had kind of moved me around but no i enjoy football it was one of my first loves and like most things that you love it usually goes away 
You mentioned using Muscle Hamster as your gamer tag as well. I know you have the Muscle Hamster YouTube channel. How much joy do you take in making those playthroughs? Most of it's just allowing people to know that's like not only are people themselves, but like me, I, I'm I want, I'm weird, and I want people to know that it's okay to be weird. And whether people don't like the way I act or people don't like me, I want them to know I'm genuine. I want them to know every single thing I say, I mean. Um, and maybe, or I won't say I mean, but it's it's my truth. And maybe it's the truth at that specific time, and, and that can change. But at that time, I'm telling my truth. And if they want to believe me or not, I want them to know that whatever they do, I'm I'm not here to judge. And whether they want to judge me or not, it's it's not up for me to decide if I if I care. It's it's just me doing what I think, me doing what I enjoy, and something that I just I hope everybody does. Yeah, man, I love that. Do you have a favorite video game of all time that you always go to? Um, I did enjoy Skyrim for such a long time, and we will. I will say it's Skyrim. Skyrim, not a bad answer, man. Something else about your personality that is easy to pick up on by looking at your social media is ice cream. Is it hard for you to go without ice cream for fight camps? It is. I, I have a struggle, and, and a lot of it's just dopamine I get from sugar. But, no, ice cream is is enjoyable. It's, a, it's one of those things that I, I used a lot of my eating to solve a lot of emotional problems when I was a kid, and now it's stuck with me. Gotcha, man. Surprisingly, I think you're the first fighter that I've had on Forge in Ohio who trains out of Grove City BJJ. What's your experience been like at Grove City? Uh, I can't explain how honored I am to be a part of a community like that. It's it's allowed me to look in on what family means. It allows me to look in on what on what it means to, to have a community behind you. But it's I, I appreciate everybody there. I I can't really explain the emotions that go through but uh all i can say is uh, i am grateful you also train a lot with the immortal matt brown and i believe you cornered him for his last fight in charlotte last may where he tied the ufc knockout record what was that experience like matt is uh he's he's a beast i appreciate him as well i'm grateful for matt i'm grateful for the people in my life and it is good it looks like people are texting me so it looks like we got some sort of news and I'm sure you'll see soon, but now, um, now I, I am forever grateful for Matt, and I'm about to be hitting him up soon for what it looks like with these text messages. So we'll see. News is coming soon, though. So is this uh, I, fight news, man? Yeah. So we'll see. It's um, you guys will see me soon, very soon. All right, that's that's very very exciting. One more uh, question about this, like Matt Brown story. Was that the first time you've actually cornered somebody in the UFC? Was last May in Charlotte? Yes, that was the first time I cornered somebody in the UFC. Not the first time I've cornered somebody. Right. But um, no, it, it's good. Matt is not only somebody I look up to, but I I think of him more as a family member, a brother, just because of you spend so much time sparring with somebody, talking with somebody. I'm I'm very vulnerable with Matt. I trust him. And I just speak my truth with him. And a lot of times he speaks his and we don't clash when it comes to like, if we have the opposite mindset, it's more of we respect each other enough to be like, oh yeah, I just don't agree with that. Or yeah, I agree with that. And it's more of a, a good conversation either way. He's somebody I trust dearly and somebody I, I'm grateful for. 
When you were cornering him for the UFC event, did you get the feeling of like, I belong here when you were there? Yeah, it felt like home. That's uh, the words I would put to it. Talking to Josiah Muscle Hamster Harrell on Forge in Ohio, something I appreciate about your game is your mental. Doing a deep dive on your social media and reading long captions on posts, I could tell that mentally and spiritually you have what it takes to be great. How long did it take you to develop the mental fortitude, if you will, that you have now? Hmm. <laughs> Never really measured it. Um, a lot of it's coming from just being able to deal with bad moments and being able to suffer in in small times and I won't say it was easy becoming or being able to come up with the mindset I do have and I won't say it's healthy I, I, do, I will say it works and I, I will say I, I try to help people as much as I can and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing um, I, I hope that I can help I don't know how long it takes like I said I just I wouldn't wish what I've gone through on anybody and I just hope that I can bring some good to, to this world and with that mental approach to the sport, have you conquered issues that other fighters deal with, like nerves before a fight or the fear of losing your undefeated record? No, I, losing doesn't really bother me. Brain damage bothers me. Uh, if That's it. So it's like I'm not as tough as most people where they'll go, let's go to war, let's do this. It's like if I have to, I will, but I would rather not. I'd rather make it as technical as possible, and once you slip, I'll take advantage of it. But the 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 fear of losing is not it's not on my mind the fear of um not being able to win is not on my mind it's it's more about my safety and being able to be a father when i'm when i'm older and have my own family yeah absolutely man that's always important for every single fighter in this game I've enjoyed asking this question to fighters recently, and I can tell that you have this confidence in your skills, but at what moment in your career would you have believed that you were capable of getting to where you are now, which is really on the brink of fighting for a big promotion? So whenever I got that feeling, it's I've always thought highly of myself, like if I put my mind to it, I can do it. So I would say from the beginning, but when I actually believed and it wasn't like this false idol, I would say probably right before COVID there was um so it was, it was right before it was right as my pro debut because I was like okay if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go all the way there's not much of a I don't want to make any excuses so I made kind of made my myself a deal like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this it's not gonna be a, a pat a cake or a, when this happens you do this or or a fear of this or it's like we're going for it so it was, it was right before COVID and all that uh crazy stuff crazy stuff happened I know you're getting these these text messages about fight news and things like that, but in a perfect world, when do you think you'll compete next in MMA? Um, from the looks of it, it's going to be next week, so we'll see. Next week. Interesting. So anything that you can kind of share with us? <laughs> uh, no, I'd rather not. My management company's calling me, but I'm going to decline them again. Okay, yeah, I won't take. I want to keep it for too much longer, but that's exciting. One more week. Are you up for that challenge? I guess I'll I'll ask that. Um, I'm up for any challenge. I'm up to push myself. I'm up to to see what I am capable of. So yeah, I will say that. All right, man. Uh, one more before I let you run. Just like anything you want to shout out, whether it be social media handles, sponsors, things going out the gym. Uh, the the floor is yours, man. I would appreciate it if you guys follow me on uh, Instagram at Josiah Harrell MMA. Um, I won't say my story is the best story, but it's definitely one of my favorites. So if you'd like to follow, please do.
Yeah, there you have it, man. Well, thanks again, Josiah, for joining me on the show. It was a pleasure to talk to one of Ohio's finest. And I can't wait to see what you accomplish next in the sport. Before I let you go, I like to end interviews here on Forge in Ohio with the OHIO chant. So help me out here, man. OHIO. Thanks, Josiah. I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm looking forward to your next fight, which, again, sounds like it might be in a week or so. And hopefully we can talk again down the line. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. That was Josiah Musclehamster Harrell, the 7-0 professional mixed martial artist who, yes, is ranked number one among active Ohio pro lightweight and welterweight fighters. I know most of you listening have seen it, but if you missed the viral moment where Harrell took his opponent through the cage door at LFA 160, then definitely go check that out on his Instagram. Taking that moment from LFA 160 along with his performance in that fight and coupling those two things with his body of work and resume so far, I think all of us Ohio MMA fans know we have something pretty special with Josiah Muscle Hamster Harrell. That's going to do it for episode 37 of Forge in Ohio. If you enjoyed it, then feel free to check out other episodes of the podcast. I've definitely been joined by a handful of characters through 37 episodes so far. Also, don't forget to support the podcast by downloading episodes and checking us out on social media at Forge in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Until next time, I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was... Forged in Ohio.